Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. But thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I took my sister, visiting from out of state, on a hike the other day in a rural part of the state that I live in. Lots of trees, waterfalls, very little cell phone signal, you get the picture. I'd already had some weird feelings when I saw another car already parked where the trailhead was at, because we got there on a weekday at 6.30 in the morning. But I brushed it off, quieted my intuition, because the early bird gets the worm, right? There were several different trails in this natural area and so we started on the one that sounded most interesting. We got maybe a quarter mile down the trail when my sister stepped into a spider web. As she was wrestling with getting it off of her, I felt something that I can best describe as a, a hot breath hit my ear coming from nowhere. And I don't think that I heard a whisper but I had a thought that wasn't my own that I thought was get out. Now that I've had some time to really think about it too, I think it actually said get help. I told my sister what just happened and her natural response was, oh maybe we should leave. We started making our way back out to the trailhead, but just as we were getting ready to leave, I swear that I felt something pulling me back in. I convinced her to let us try a different trail. I looked at the sign listing the different trails and again intuition told me to take the next one and we started down. 
It was supposed to be a loop that led down by the river with some falls. The trail hadn't been travelled in at least a day, and I know this because of all the spiderwebs blocking the path. We got down to the river, and there's a detour with a bridge going across to the other side. I walk across and get down to it, and there's a, a sweater hanging on the rail. I go to look at it, but I can't really bring myself to touch it. We took a few pictures because it was really pretty, but I just couldn't shake the weird feeling of what I was getting. I kept writing it off as being hungry and tired because I skipped breakfast that morning and went to bed late the night before. But in any case, we got back up and continue a little further down the trail and get to a fork in the trail. My sister wants nothing to do with this path because it wasn't marked like the other one was, but being a naturally curious person, trying to see some more pretty scenery I guess, I decide that I want to go down a little ways and see what I can see. I get to a spot where I see a much lighter spider in a very pretty web that I could tell took a while so I stop to admire it. And it was at this moment that, for no apparent reason, I felt uneasy enough to want to turn back around, and so I did. We took the other path in the fork a little bit further in, and as we're walking through a certain spot, I get a whiff of something, but don't really think too much of it. I notice the time on my phone, and we begin to turn around so I can get back home in time for work. On our way back... I get stuck in a spider web and as I'm wrestling myself out of it, the smell comes back and it suddenly clicks that it's the unmistakable stench of death. My little sister has never had to smell it so she thought that I was just being paranoid. I could have written it off as, oh we're in the woods, it could just be a dead possum or a deer nearby. That kind of thing is super common here but for some reason I just can't shake it. I call the local non-emergency number and tell them that there's a smell and they say that they'll send some officers out. I also take a screenshot of my Google Maps location because for some reason in that spot, that exact spot of all places, I have service. When my sister wants to leave for obvious reasons. She has jitters and we have to go meet the officers at the trailhead so we start making our way out. And it's on our way out that I feel another hot breath on my ear and... I get a really sick feeling. We meet the officers and I give my sister the keys so she can go and sit in the car in the AC. That way I know that she's somewhere safe. When some guys from the fire department get there, we drive down to another trail entrance that was a little closer to the river and I use the screenshot of my map to guide us back to where the smell is. From there, this group of about eight police and firefighters are digging around with heat sensing equipment to try and locate whatever the smell is. As they're searching, I'm kind of just sort of standing there being useless to be honest because I figure stay out of the way and let them do their job. I stand facing the direction of the river and I feel what feels like thumbs on the back of my head. Like someone is standing behind me flicking my head with their finger to get my attention. At one point, one guy with a heat sensor, not sure what they're actually called but it's like a, a camera that reads heat or whatever, picks up what looks like a humanoid blob of heat and someone else goes over to where it is and there's nothing there. They write it off as something underground or maybe the sunshine through the trees on the ground or something. And as they're getting ready to write it off as a, a dead animal somewhere, a few decide to go a quick once over by the river just to cover all bases. 
They take the path that I turned around at where the giant spider was at and it led down to a sort of a steep drop off. I'm walking out with the rest of the officers when I hear one of them yell for everyone else. And would you believe that there is a body in the river? I know it sounds weird too, but I felt instant relief, which I know sounds odd considering the situation, but it was like a weight had been lifted off of me. Whoever they were, they were found. They can be put to rest and I can breathe again. When I got home, I take a shower and sit down for work. My cat does everything that she can to lay on me, put all of her weight on me and purr so loudly that she seems like she's trying to comfort and heal me. I know that they can pick up on things and so I think she's just trying to help me. I know it sounds cliche too, but the whole finding a body in the woods thing is a, a very B-rate horror movie. I know none of you know me from Adam, but I swear that this happened. I don't really know how to move past it too. I don't know what I experienced and I would love to know that I'm not alone. When I was 17, I started to see a woman out of the corner of my eye and it started happening more frequently. I should note that I had lived in this house since I was five and in particular I always felt something in the basement and would absolutely bolt up the stairs every time that I was leaving it. Anyway, I started seeing her more and more frequently but any time that I turned to get a good look, she was just gone. Then one random night, I was sitting on the couch long after everyone had gone to bed and I saw her again but... Then she started chasing me and I bolted up to the second floor where my bedroom was. I had to sleep with every light in my room on that night and slept completely underneath the covers because I just knew that whatever was in the basement was now under my bed. I slept with the lights on every night for a week because I was convinced if I didn't that it would kill me. The paranoia and the lights on for days happened a few more times over the years but only ever in that house and nowhere else. Honestly, I realize that it's very possible that it was just a psychotic break because the shadow figures in my vision still show up when I'm really, really stressed and same with auditory hallucinations of people calling my name. But it's been about two years since I've had any though and I've never seen a figure as clearly as I did that day. So I was babysitting two younger cousins at their home, which was about a hundred years old and it was also situated next to a graveyard. There wasn't necessarily a bad feeling in the house whenever we were there, but it was a bit creepy at night looking at all of the headstones. Anyway, I was helping the girls brush their teeth and whatnot before bed and I headed back downstairs after they were in their beds and I had said goodnight. I sat down and almost immediately I heard a commotion of like doors not slamming but shutting hard and the girls I believe that they were around four or six at the time talking loudly when I got upstairs they were at the end of the hallway around the corner and they were pushing their hands against the door to the attic as if trying to keep someone or something from coming through we gotta shut it help us shut it they half shouted and sort of half whispered I'm already on edge because of the house and the stories my aunt and uncle had shared with us regarding paranormal activity. 
and so when I put my hand against the old heavy attic door, I absolutely freaked out when I definitely felt something pushing back from the other side. I paused for a moment in shock and then quickly and forcefully slammed it shut. And I mean, thank goodness, right? The girls thanked me as if this were like a normal bedtime thing for them and went back to their rooms to go to sleep. As for me, I noped the heck out back downstairs. My aunt and uncle returned later that evening and I mentioned it to my uncle as he drove me home. He just kind of chuckled and said something to the effect of, yeah, sounds about right. I have a few more incidences from this particular house if anyone's interested, but for now, that's my story and it's by far the freakiest thing that I've ever experienced. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So I spent my late childhood and early adulthood in this house situated in a nature reserve in Brazil. Several weird things happened here and there was like a, a snake that mysteriously showed up in my fully closed room, mind you. Missing objects here and there, trees that seemed misplaced from one day to the next. But one thing kind of stands out. Now, I should start off by saying that I'm pretty cynical, I guess. I'm an atheist and I don't really believe in the paranormal, myself anyway. I usually explain away all the stuff that happened. The snake, the crack in the foundation of the house, likely got in like that. Objects missing, I probably lost them outside the house trees moving i just misremembered where they were that said this one was weird so this one night i was just staring up at the stars a benefit of living in a nature reserve is the lack of public lighting and my dogs started freaking out and barking now it was a new moon night so it was pretty dark so i couldn't really see much but the dogs really were rarely barked unprompted like that so I got up from where I sat to go check on what they were barking at. To my mind, it was probably just one of the little creatures we sometimes got visits from. Armadillos, mice, opossums. 
but man, I was way wrong. So at first, at the edge of the property, I saw what looked like a deer. The kind that I knew only was from like American horror movies, I guess, with antlers and stuff. That was really weird too, because to my knowledge, those don't really exist below the equator. But alright, I tell the dogs to shush, thinking something along the lines of, oh, it must just be the plants, nothing to worry about. But things start to move. You see, it actually stands up over the fence that we had there. Mind you, the fence was like two meters tall, so this thing is absolutely massive. And as soon as it's upright, it let out this sort of bleat that sounded like a woman's scream. In the split second that it did this, I just ran with the dogs inside the house and sheltered myself under the table. Eventually, I came out from there and looked around. But after that, I never saw that thing again. Thank God, too. And, needless to say... I didn't get much sleep that night. My younger sister and I have always dreamed of visiting New Zealand. Both of us being from the southeastern United States, New Zealand seemed like a perfect getaway where our favorite trilogy was filmed. So with months of saving and planning, it was the spring of 2017 that we flew to Auckland, New Zealand for a grand adventure. It was the second day of our trip and we were about to head out from our Airbnb. Our gracious Airbnb host made us breakfast of bacon, eggs and toast. We were munching on the breakfast he prepared in silence until he broke the lull by asking us, Hey, uh, have you heard of the Pigman? My sister and I sort of looked at each other and then I responded with, No, who is the Pigman? Stu is his name and he's kind but... He's a really peculiar guy with droves of pigs. If you take the 309 road, you'll pass this place and the pigs on your route to your next destination. It's quite the novelty if you're looking for something to do. We'll make sure to add that to our trip, I said while sort of looking at my sister. Would you ladies like some more toast? My sister and I both said yes, knowing that we'd need the extra calories for the long day ahead. You girls eat like farm girls, and he oinked at us twice. He said it in a playful tone, but again, my sister and I sort of looked at each other, but this time sort of exchanging curious glances. We thanked our host for our wonderful stay at his Airbnb, and we were on our way to Matamata. After what seemed to be only a few hours of driving, we come across a dirt road. The environment changed from only greenery and trees to old vehicles, other old structures embedded in the landscape, as well as an eye-catching feature a plethora of pigs. The pigs appeared friendly enough to pet, but we were in a hurry, so we drove past the pig farm and onto Matamata. It wasn't long after that that we had to take a sharp left onto a narrow road. Keep in mind, too, that this is my third day driving on the left side of the road ever, and in a Yaris, so my driving abilities weren't quite up to snuff. And as I'm taking the left turn, a small semi-truck was incoming at a rather unsafe speed. I quickly realized that we are either going into a full-on head collision or drive even further to the left to allow the semi-truck to pass us safely. I acted on the latter of the options and within seconds, the Aris's front and back left tires were trapped in a large set of potholes. My sister and I both sort of looked at each other in silence until she said, uh, now what? 
We did not have any cell phone reception, and the only full operable device that we had was a GPS, which didn't have any outgoing communication functionality. So, rather than panic, we get outside of the Yaris to assess how he can get the car out of the pothole. It wasn't long, too, before we saw a white utility van driving towards our seemingly helpless situation. We had mixed emotions about gesturing the driver of this van to stop. We were in a foreign land, about to rest our fate in a stranger's hands, and that just didn't really seem safe. But without even motioning the van to stop, the vehicle pulled over, and nothing really happened for several minutes. We patiently waited to see who would open the driver's door of the van, and when the driver finally presented themselves, it was an older man with white hair in his mid-sixties, who appeared to be a local farmer. He looked at us with a smile, revealing a few missing teeth as he walked towards us. My sister and I telepathically made the decision to allow this stranger to approach us, given that we had no other solution to our situation. The silence broke when he said, with what seemed to be an Australian accent, G'day ladies, seems like you've found yourselves in a situation. I put on a brave smile and responded with, yes we have, we're figuring out how we can get the car safely out of the pothole without damaging it. I was conscientious in making sure to omit details about us being tourists, but I'm sure my accent and apparel gave it away to some extent. Well, I'm not sure I can be much help with that, but I can get you a lift into town for someone to tow the car. How about that? Well, I'd like to at least attempt in getting the car out before involving anyone else. Uh, thanks. He looked displeased for a moment and then turned on a smile once more. Now, think. The three of us won't be able to get that car out of the hole. It would be best if you and your friend hop in my ride and we drive you to town. It won't take long. Without even needing to consult with my sister, we both knew that this was a bad idea. The man said with a bit more urgency and slight vexation in his voice, The way I look at it, you're better off coming with me than staying here to see what others will do to you. We both were anxious and fearful of what he may physically do to us, Terrifying thoughts popped into my head, like if our family and friends would even hear from us again, or if newspaper headlines will read, two female travelers kidnapped and killed just around the pig pen. To our surprise, another van approached the scene and parked behind the old man's vehicle. It was a woman with grey hair and athletic build, about in her 40s or early 50s. There you ladies are, I've been looking for you for the past hour or so. My sister and I had absolutely no idea who this woman was, but we followed her lead. She seemed far more trustworthy than this irritable Aussie. It wasn't long after the lady walked towards us that the Aussie shied away and made quickly to his vehicle. He hopped in his van and he drove off. I saw from a distance that he was talking to you and made you feel uncomfortable. Are you ladies okay? The woman asked. We said yes and went on to explain how we ended up in the pothole. We told her that we were extremely fortunate that she showed up when she did. It was almost fate that we met this woman in fact. She worked in construction and just so happened to have a board that we used as a ramp for the tires and a rope to pull the Aris out as well. We successfully unstuck the car and thoroughly thanked our rescuer. We did offer her money but she refused. She only wished that we heed her advice and she told us to be wary of devilish pigs on your travels. Not all of them are as friendly as stews. So some backstory first. 
I was fresh out of high school and found my first job working as a dialysis tech at an outpatient clinic. I'd always wanted to go into nursing and thought that this would make for some great experience while I waited to get into the nursing program at the local college. One of my co-workers at the clinic was also straight out of high school and interested in nursing and we instantly clicked. This was around 2008 and shows like Ghost Adventures were all the rage. But we were both pretty hooked and would go to the local cemeteries at night and whatnot looking for ghosts. The only thing that we ever really accomplished though was scaring the heck out of ourselves to be honest. I'm not sure who thought of it first but one of us got the bright idea to investigate the clinic that we worked at. Obviously patients had passed away before during their treatments so it seemed logical to me that they may still be there. So one night after work we both stayed behind after everyone else had left. I started taking pics of my terrible digital camera and she was doing the flashlight test trying to get a response. We got nothing. But after a while we're just sort of mucking around and honestly about to give up when my friend starts calling out a patient of ours that had recently passed away while on the machine. She had been a sweet elderly lady who was also a, a DNR and her death was actually pretty uneventful. Well, my friend tries to provoke this old woman and starts saying things like, I never really liked you. When out of nowhere, an oxygen tank standing in a metal case began to shake violently on its own. The tank was literally standing by itself. Nothing near it was even capable of movement. I didn't know what to think, and to be honest, I really wasn't expecting anything, but to see this really shocked me. Needless to say... We got out of there and didn't stick around after closing anymore after that. I'm pretty skeptical of most things, but I have no doubt in my mind that something was there with us that night and still cannot find an explanation as to how that tank could have possibly shaken itself like that without the influence of some unseen force. I was around 12 years old when this happened. I lived in a duplex that my parents owned and one day I was outside in the front yard playing with my dogs. The house was located in a neighborhood that's right by a busy main road so during the daily rush hour the area got pretty busy. Thank God for this too because as I was busy with my dogs I noticed a black car in front of my house that kept inching forward a little and sort of backing up a little bit too. I noticed the driver leering at me in a creepy way and got a really bad feeling so I ran up the stairs to where I lived with my parents. I told my mother about what had happened and I have no idea what was going through her mind at this time because she didn't really seem at all that concerned. A few minutes later she sent me to the grocery store that was a block away and after griping about that to her I went walking to the store. The duplex is across the street from a bank and next to the bank on the other side of the wall by the drive-up tellers was an alley that also led to the store. I decided to take the bank route because I felt safer and as I was walking by the ATM, thankfully there was a line of people waiting to use it. Who do I see but that same creepy guy in his car parked at the bank in front of the ATM. I kept my eyes on him as I walked past his car and he was leaning forward with his hands on the wheel, ogling me and licking his lips, which was really gross. I got out of there as quickly as I could and 
I ran the rest of the way to the store. As I was walking out of the exit while leaving the store, I saw my brother waiting for me outside. He told me to get in and drove me home. He had been listening to what I told our mum about the guy outside the house and reamed her out for making me walk to the store alone knowing that this guy was lurking around in the neighbourhood. To this day, I still get chills knowing how close I came to potentially being, well, who knows what. It makes me sick to even think about it, to be honest, and I've been meaning to tell this story here for a while now, but like I said, every time that I even so much as think about it, uh, about what could have happened, I just feel sick. I was on a plane once and noticed that, although people were still boarding, there was a large number of seats around me unoccupied. The last people on, though, were all together and consisted of one large family traveling together. There were four adults and about ten children, ranging from toddler age to high school or young adult. They had the usual look of a, a large group traveling with children, some of whom were shy and withdrawn, others who were running around and the adults looked frazzled, trying to keep everyone and everything together. When they'd all been seated though, there seemed to be some issue with the seating as one member of their party was supposed to sit several rows back. The flight attendant apologized and said that it happens, that sometimes their computer will shuffle sequential seating, etc., but assured them that there was seating available for everyone. The family sat down, minus one, and starting with the usual, that's a shame, wish they could sit up here, talk. Since it seemed that their party were surrounding me, I stopped the flight attendant and asked her if I could switch seats with another passenger. This caught the attention of the large group, perhaps anticipating a complaint, but the flight attendant told me no, they don't usually do that, and that everyone had been seated, but asked if there was a problem with where I was sitting. I explained to her that I was traveling solo and did not care where I sat, and I asked if I could give my seat to the member of the family who was absent, as my seat would put them in the midst of their group. The family overheard and was thanking me as I retrieved my bag overhead and followed the flight attendant to the family member's seat. She explained what was happening, and I noticed that the family member, a young girl maybe 12 years old, seemed in a hurry to get back to her family and thanked me four times. She practically ran up the aisle and before I could even sit down, the man who had been sitting next to her was literally staring with his mouth open and asked, what's the problem? No, that girl was sitting here first. Red flag number one. And the flight attendant explained to him what was happening and he immediately looked at me and said, no, I don't want to sit next to him. Where's that girl going? She explained to him that there was no issue and nothing that she could do now. I think she was getting the same vibe as me. Now, I want to assure everyone that I'm not in the habit of judging people by their appearance, but this guy was the definition of red flags. He was overweight and paunchy, that sort of overweight with no muscle tone look some people have, half bald with a few strands combed over, thick glasses and no chin. He was a mouth breather and kept his mouth open constantly, drooling on himself and then sucking it back in between heavy breathing. If there were a textbook example of a creep, it would have to be this guy. As I was putting my bag overhead though, he started to talk to himself under his breath about how this was BS and just my luck, wasn't bothering anybody and why did they move that girl? I wanted to say something to him, but I didn't. 
It wasn't long before my neighbor got a call and was talking about an upcoming court appearance and I overheard no victim's testimony and rarely show up and people wouldn't ask me to babysit if I was like that. The only time that I almost said anything to him was when he started blatantly watching explicit material on his laptop with earphones in, grunting, sweating, wheezing and kept repeating little b and only when a part was on that he evidently liked. Then took a blanket and covered his lap, his hands fidgeting underneath it. And as soon as I saw that he intended on keeping them there, I pretended to reach for the call button. Then he jerked his hand out and started muttering under his breath about me minding my own business. At some point, I got up to use the restroom and when I returned, he was on the phone again and I caught something about the butt on her, no switch seats on me, got away, haha or something and he shut up as he saw me approaching. The creep went to sleep eventually and fortunately stayed asleep the rest of the flight, which I was very grateful for. When we were all deboarding, a woman I presumed was the mother was standing with the girl and said, thank you again. I shudder to think how he acted in the short time that she was next to him or how he would have had she remained there. And shocking absolutely no one, including himself I suppose, he was met at the gate by security and police, and as he was being led away, he said, This isn't my laptop, by the way. I shudder to think what may have actually been on there. In 2016, my girlfriend and I decided to go on our first vacation together. We booked a three-night stay at the Belmont Hotel not its real name obviously, which was a historical hotel in the old part of the city. It was an elegant manor style home from the 1850s and parts of the property looked from that period too. Massive staircases, parlor room and original furniture throughout. Our first day we did the usual touristy stuff. Exhausted, we settled into our room and crashed for the evening. Our first night we barely slept my girlfriend and I were both uncomfortable sleeping in the room and felt like someone was watching us. A few hours later, around 3am, we were abruptly awoken to a very loud sound coming from above our room. It sounded like someone was pulling or pushing a large piece of furniture. The stuttering of wood on wood and the creaking was unbearably loud. This went on ad nauseum for a while too that we were totally awake thinking someone was working upstairs like a staff member moving furniture or, or rearranging the room or something. We were both dumbfounded sitting upright in our beds waiting for this to end. The second day we did more touristy stuff and didn't think much of the previous night. The second night though, we were zonked and we went to sleep early. This night was strangely similar though. We woke up at around the same time to the exact same creaking or stuttering of furniture or something being moved around above us. It eventually stopped like yesterday and we managed to fall back to sleep. And the next thing that I remember is my girlfriend waking me up abruptly saying, what are you doing? I awoke, standing in the middle of the room in the dark, unpacking my bag angrily, throwing her clothes into the air. I sort of snapped at her for asking me what I was doing and interrupting me. I was frustrated and agitated on waking. Suddenly, I vaguely remembered what I was doing, almost like a, a dream on waking and you try to hang on to your dream, sort of. 
I sat on the bed and explained what I was looking for, a key in the room, and I remembered wandering around the room desperately searching the walls, the floors, and the furniture with my hands in the dark. I was getting more and more disturbed the more I explained this to my girlfriend. The idea that I was alone in this dark hotel room doing this really frightened me because I had no control. Needless to say, we decided to call it early and head home and end our vacation. We drove the full four hour drive home that night in pitch darkness and fog. I called the hotel that morning to check out early. Speaking with the front desk, I mentioned the loud noises coming from above our room. And she replied, But there is no room above yours. It's an attic space and no staff would be up there. Especially not at that time. I mentioned that it sounded like someone was dragging furniture on hardwood. She said that there was lots of furniture stored up there. And reluctantly, I asked her if the hotel was haunted. She responded reluctantly too that she has apparently heard other similar stories. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here, and I would like to give Chime a big shout out for sponsoring this episode. So, have you ever received an overdraft fee unexpectedly? I know I have, and it really feels like I was being taken advantage of. I hate how this happens when you least expect it too. Like, when you're just withdrawing some cash you expect to be in your account because you should be paid your week's wage by that point, only to find out that you haven't been paid yet, and so you've overdrawn. I've been there and it really felt like I was scammed out of my hard-earned dollars. Well, kick off 2022 with a better checking account, with no monthly fees. Chime, an award-winning app and debit card, has no overdraft fees, foreign transaction fees, monthly fees, or service fees. With over 60,000 fee-free in-network ATMs at many locations, like most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, CVS, you can access your money when you need it, where you need it. You can also send money to anyone, even if they aren't on Chime. Fee-free for you and no cash-out fees for them. Make your first good decision of the new year and join over 10 million people using Chime. Sign up only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com forward slash be scared. That's chime.com forward slash be scared. And in the spirit of transparency, just know that banking services are provided by and debit cards are issued by the Bancor Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Get fee-free transactions at any MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Otherwise, out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Also, sometimes pay anyone instant transfers can be delayed, and the recipient must use a valid debit card or be a Chime member to claim funds. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.